this is Coach's Chat, and I'm Betsy Foster. You're in for some thoughtful conversations with fitness industry professionals, musings on current topics in the wellness field, and actionable advice for building a thriving career as a fitness professional. At Foster Strength, my mission is to lead and educate colleagues in the fitness industry to deliver client-centered coaching that gets clients real results built on sound scientific principles, encourages them to build a long and fulfilling relationship with exercise, and disrupts toxic fitness culture to foster an inclusive industry. Let's get going. Welcome back to another episode of Coach's Chat. This is your host, Betsy Foster. Thrilled to be here with you today. This episode will drop in April, the first episode of the month of April. Man, this year is flying by. Like I said, I've got some guest episodes coming. They should, um, we should have two in the month of April, two in the month of May. Um, but I'll still be hopping on here on Mondays to give you little nuggets of wisdom slash um, applicable tips and strategies to improve your coaching and crush it as a personal trainer. I've been real fired up lately just about how how I see the development of this business. And I got some clarity on a call with somebody the other day, just about how like I truly love being a personal trainer. And that is at the heart of what I'm trying to do here in terms of education, show you that a personal trainer can be a destination rather than a stop on your career journey. And in that, there are so many iterations of personal training that you can build a really satisfying, um, thrilling career where you're helping people and finding your own um, financial satisfaction, career satisfaction, all that. So, you know, just feeling like renewed in what this mission is and in a just thrilling um, episode here. I am getting to answer a listener's request. So this is like um, so great. I had somebody reach out, uh, a personal trainer who is having sort of a challenge with a client and wanted me to cover it on the podcast. And I have to say, I love that because here we are taking real, real moments of sort of... um, difficulty or sort of obstacles that come up and creating some actionable strategy around that. So I have to thank that listener. Um, I didn't ask for permission to share. So I will just say thank you, listener. I really appreciate that. So this coach who is a personal trainer currently works with a lot of different clients is just having a little challenge with a client who has expressed an interest in losing weight as their goal. Um, They have, uh, when they came into training, they said that that is the thing that they wanted to do. And then um, in, over time, they have found that it has been kind of difficult to coach this individual because all of the behaviors this 
trainer has laid out for them all of the tips, suggestions, sort of habits that the trainer has sort of coached this individual to do have it happened. Um, I will just take this uh, quote directly from them. She asked, can you do a future podcast episode about when you want it more than your clients? Um, they are talking about this goal and she really wants to be supportive of this person, but they seem to not really want it when it comes down to the actions it requires to reach this goal. So that's a great question because I think it comes up a lot. A client will establish a goal with the trainer. The trainer thinks about, especially like this trainer, think about how much energy and effort she has put into thinking about what sort of behaviors, actions, in addition to the program she's writing for him, will be required in order for him to reach his goal. Clearly, I want to say to this trainer, awesome job for thinking about this and really putting some critical thought into, I'm trying to create this ideal program for the client. I'm trying to coach them beyond the individual workouts. And I keep coming up on sort of resistance or at least inaction. What does that mean? And what should I be doing? This is awesome. So the tendency might be for trainers to kind of keep pushing at that wall. You know, this client said this is what their goal was, and I'm going to do every single thing I can to help them reach that goal. And that can be a little, I can't think of the right word, but I'm just, the image that I have is like a bull running into a wall. Like you can give it all you want over and over and over again. And if you keep coming up on that wall, nothing is happening except that you're getting like a bruise on your forehead from running into a wall. So let's talk, we're going to talk a little bit about strategy around sort of supporting that client, but also managing your own coaching so that you aren't giving more than you need to, how you can support this individual, give them the best possible service within sort of what is possible for you and to save your energy and to do what you do best. This is a really common thing. A lot of people, like I was just saying, I kind of got sidetracked, but a lot of people are coming in with these goals. And then when it comes down to taking the action, they're not ready for that action. And so there are a couple of things that we can sort of glean from that. Here are three things that I think are possibly the reasons why an individual would struggle to adhere to sort of the actions that a trainer is putting out for them. So number one is that the actions or change or sort of um, prescription from the trainer is just too overwhelming at first. So you might know that in order to lose weight. We're going to use the example of this client. In order to lose weight, we're likely going to have to decrease calorie consumption. We're likely going to have to move more. We're likely going to have to sleep more. We're going to have to um, remove some stressors, you know, lots of different things. And maybe a trainer is asking someone to do more than they are capable of doing 
right now. Um, there's a good quote, great coaches or good coaches shrink the change. It's from a book called Switch by Dan and Chip Heath. I will link that in the show notes. Um, and yeah, great coaches or good coaches. I can't, I'm pulling it out of my brain right now, but shrink the change in that for most people to make sustainable health and fitness change, what they need to do is approach it from a very small increment at very, with very small incremental steps. So it has to be something that they can do pretty easily, pretty comfortably. They have self-efficacy around it. They see, oh, I could do this. I'm going to do this for four weeks. Now this is so, uh, and I, I'm randomly picking four weeks, but this is now feeling so easy. Where's the next challenge for me? What I'm guessing with this trainer is she is probably already doing that, probably already making the change pretty accessible. She has um, some coaching background with Precision Nutrition, Precision Nutrition Certified, and they do a tremendous job at teaching um, habit change from this like very effective coaching standpoint with small manageable steps. So I'm going to guess that that's already covered, but that's maybe the first place to check. The first place is to see, am I asking too much of this client? The next thing is maybe this isn't really their goal. So um, my business mentor and friend, Dr. Shante Coalfield, says, was just talking the other day about borrowed goals. Borrowed goals are going to be hard to reach because you don't truly want them. And so is this client trying to um, approach weight loss because they feel like it is a goal that they're supposed to have or somebody else wants them to achieve? This is a tricky thing to figure out because sometimes what people say and what people are thinking are different. And maybe this is something you have to develop with a lot of trust over time. You can't force it. You can't tell someone when they say, I want this, you say, no, you don't. You don't really want that. But in coaching conversations, you can start to get to maybe what is a little bit more the kernel of what they're looking for. Are they looking to feel better? Are they looking to look in the mirror and and appreciate their reflection a little bit more. I mean, there are so many different facets to why someone may have a quote unquote weight loss goal. So the question becomes, can you as a coach determine whether or not this is really their goal or help them to uncover whether this is really their goal? Borrowed goals are going to be hard to achieve Owned goals are going to be the ones where we are more effectively taking steps to reach them. And then the other, the third thing that could be a possible reason why someone is not adhering to the plan, the program, the habit changes is because they don't want that goal right now or they want it, but it's, it's unattainable for them right now. So if we're thinking about a person who really wants that, but they need to overcome some challenges at work first Maybe, maybe that is their goal, but they are a new parent who's not sleeping and who's got other focuses. And maybe they keep coming in and saying they want this, but they're not really able to dedicate or devote their time to this right now. You might need to present them with a regressed, and, and that's not necessarily the word I want to use, but like 
a more appropriate goal for them right now. Again, you might not be changing their mind much, but you can sort of plant that seed of, I hear this is what you want. I hear that, you know, um, reflective statements are really helpful. I'm going to do a post about that soon, but reflective statements, repeating back what you heard so that they can so that they can either confirm, yes, that is how I'm feeling, or, oh no, you can identify the misinterpretation in there. Um, But reflecting back, this is what I hear you want to work on. I think right now with the circumstances in your life, can we work on blank? That's a good approach for that. So that's part one is sort of figuring out why or, or trying to get to the heart of Why aren't they adopting these new behaviors? Am I, one, asking for two big behaviors right now? Do I need to shrink the change a little bit? Two, are they working on a borrowed goal versus their own goal? Or three, are they wanting this thing, but they can't sort of focus on it right now? Those are places to start. And I think what this shows already with this trainer in particular is... She is really thoughtful about um, what could she be doing to help this person. Huge pat on the back. Like, give yourself a pat on the back. How thoughtful. A lot of people could write this off as, well, they don't really want it. So why am I giving so much energy? This is a question of how can I do a better job to support them? So I love, love, love that. And we could all do do well to be thinking in that way. But I also want to encourage you to save your energy. Make sure that this isn't like all consuming. Sometimes we as trainers believe that our efforts are measured by the results of our client. And so then when your client isn't doing the thing that they say they want, and they're not going to reach that goal that they say is their goal, you're stressing because it's the It's the metric for which you're going to measure your own success. And I want to encourage you that part of your success is the process of it. And so you're already successful in really thinking about what this person needs. And then you're going to have other metrics of success because they're going to reach mini goals or achieve new things all the time. So let's now talk a little bit about strategies you can use right now in coaching that person to determine, to to be more successful on their mission to this goal or to whatever the goal is. You know, first was sort of identifying it. Maybe, maybe you went through all those things, but they're still pretty staunchly uh, focused on this goal, this weight loss goal. Okay. You're not necessarily going to change that. So let's talk then about what we can do in the process. We're going to keep talking with them about goals all the time. We're going to just kind of be peppering in this conversation in all that we do. One, so they can hear a little bit about different goals. Two, so that you can kind of be just sort of gently reminding them of what they said they wanted as they came in. The most effective relationships are centered on communication. Just communicate that with them more regularly. Even if they're not doing the things that you sort of talked about, they're at least hearing it in conversation in your sessions. And it gives 
room for them to possibly say like, oh, I actually have changed my mind. Or I don't know that that is really my focus now. You're just like letting it be there. In the same breath and sort of like, if that's 1A, 1B is asking them for self-evaluation. So let them tell you how well they think they're doing toward this goal. Let's say they're coming in and every time you ask them about these things, they're not getting them. They're not doing the extra walk or they're not packing the lunch to work or whatever that is. Ask them for their own self-evaluation. That will give you some idea of whether or not that change is too big and you need to shrink it more. Or you may find that they actually are pretty feeling pretty good about what they're doing right now. So while you have an idea of what they're capable of, they may have a self-perception that says, this was all I was capable of and I did it. Use their self-evaluation as a way to adjust your expectations for them and the strategies you're giving them. Like I always say, the client is the CEO of their own body. Um, I think that's a quote from uh, Alan Cosgrove or Rachel Cosgrove. And And they really are. They know better than anybody. They probably know better about their lifestyle too. So let's let's let them be the leader in the uh, in what they are capable of doing. So just regularly ask, keep talking with them about goals, and then ask them how they think they're doing. Without judgment, you're able to then, uh, you know reassess and make recommendations that are more in line with their own self-evaluation. Because if they're constantly saying they, they feel like they're missing the mark, then we need to lower the bar so that they can improve their self-efficacy, so they can feel good about what they're achieving, and then we can make it more difficult as we go. That'll give you a, a good barometer of whether that change is the right place. You're going to highlight their wins regularly. So even if they don't directly relate to the goal that is the stated goal or what, you know, the the individual says they want, we're just going to constantly sort of celebrate achievement. The more someone feels like they are achieving, feels successful, the more likely they are to take on new challenges. When you feel like you're capable, you have greater belief in yourself. So just a reminder that even in those moments when you're frustrated that they haven't done the thing that you've asked them to do, celebrate what it is that they are doing. Little things, little things. Sometimes people just aren't aware of their own wins and they need to hear it. We have a lot of a lot of our life is spent sort of like getting assessed and being told where we're not meeting meet, where we're not meeting expectations. Uh, we are our own critics, critic, critics in a lot of circumstances. So the training environment can be one in which you are really lifting up your clients. So that's the second one. And then the third one is just making sure you check your boxes. So at some point, the responsibility lies on the client for them to do the things that they have to do to reach their goals. 
So I love, love, love that you care about your responsibility in helping them reach their goals, but you can't internalize it to the point where you are frustrated and unable to let it go post session. I don't know if that's the case, but I'm just like assuming that if you care this much, sometimes you're holding on to it and it's getting you frustrated. So all you can do is check your boxes. Are you giving them your full attention? Are you thinking about this in a way that is um, kind of critical and adaptive to the situation? That's clear that you're already doing that. You're going to employ these new strategies that will help But are you, you know, putting in the work there? Are you staying on top of the things that could help them reach that goal, programming well, um, you know, doing all of the necessary things to excel in your job? Great. Are you reminding them of the sort of limitations of your role as a trainer? And sort of gently reminding them that the responsibility falls on them, but knowing that uh, you're always there for support, great. If you check in your boxes where you're doing your part, then you just have to kind of let it be. Sometimes it's a a little bit, I imagine, I I don't have a teenager yet, (laughs) Um, but I imagine it's like parenting a teenager in some ways in that all you can do is set them up for success as long as you can. You got to let them fumble a little bit and let them know you're always there, but you can't. Overbearing isn't going to be the way to win oftentimes. I can only imagine. Um, People don't like to be told that, you know, people don't, I, I don't think people like to be really told what to do, especially if they feel like they're not being successful on it. Sometimes people like instruction, but that's different than like sort of, you know, the helicopter parent vibe is, is what I'm picturing and can sometimes be what we do as trainers. So, you know, set them up for success, remind them that you're there and then take a step back and let them build their own ownership of their um, progress toward their goals because you're not always going to be there for them and they need to own it. And then, and that will help them discover too, if it's actually what they want or what they don't want. But again, your heart and head are in the right place. And now it's just about finding out what strategy is going to work to maybe help them move in the right direction or whatever direction is appropriate for them. So again, those strategies, um, when it comes to like coaching them once they have really determined that goal is just kind of keep talking to them about goals, you know, uh, getting a real time temperature on where they are in terms of wanting that goal and asking for their self-evaluation so you can see how they feel about their own progress, highlighting all their wins, that's number two, no matter what, even if they don't necessarily directly um, link to that specific goal. And then just check in your boxes, make sure you're doing your part, and then also be able to sort of check out. You can't take on everybody's stuff. Let them let them be. Do your part, but let them be. All right. Thank you so much, listener, for that um, question. It's really helpful. And I think 
I, it, so many times that I've been working with new trainers, that has been a question. What do I do if I want it more than they do? And this episode sort of um, breaks that down. All right. As always, I love talking about this. I love strategizing. This was really helpful to be able to help um, with a specific challenge. So if you're listening and you have a challenge with a client, please send me a DM, send me a text, send me an email. Um, I'm at foster underscore strength on Instagram, Betsy at bfosterstrong.com. I can make it anonymous. I can shout you out, whatever works best. Asking a favor now, if this was helpful for you, if any of these episodes are helpful for you and you are appreciating it, head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. Um, If you only have a few seconds, drop those stars. Um, If you have a little time and can write a few sentences that goes, is so helpful in terms of um, getting the podcast to other listeners. All right. Thank you so much for listening today and for all your continued support. I'm so thankful that you took the time to listen to this. Go do wonderful things, help people. And until next time, 